We now return to Beyond Synth. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. My name is Andy Last, and this is episode 17 with Alpha Boy, all the way from Germany. And uh, we had a fun talk, but before we get to that, I'd like to do a little bit of a catch-up with uh, my favorite Italian, Vincenzo Salvia. Uh, last week we heard me shoot him, but he is alive and well because that was just a <laughs> hilarious skit and a fun way to start the new season and a very confusing way. So I thought I'd catch up with Vincenzo and also introduce a new feature to the show. This is where uh, a guest and I go through the spam emails I receive. Hosting the podcast on WordPress makes me vulnerable to a lot of very strange emails, and I thought I would uh, just respond to them as if they were legitimate letters to Beyond Synth, because let's face it, I don't get legitimate letters to Beyond Synth, so if I'm going to respond to anything, I might as well respond to the ridiculous spam emails I receive, and so I am going to talk to Vincenzo Salvia right now and read some emails. You killed me, so I'm dead. Yes. And I'm calling you from the hell. <laughs> I, like, I like getting calls from the hell. <laughs> Did you enjoy uh, the song I wrote you? Yes, yes, it's fantastic. <laughs> My name is Vincenzo Salvia. for uh, about uh, two, three hours. <laughs> You're a genius. I can't really explain why I made it. It's just a funny thing to do, I guess. Yes. <laughs> you know me uh, like I am. So okay. I... I, uh... <laughs> I know I talked to you before about doing an Italian version. Mm, yes. But the Italian, there's a lot of words. I don't know that it would have the same tempo. Yes. Um, mm. So... I'm looking at what you sent me, uh, the translation. Yes. So <clears throat> I, I just want to get this right. Siamo. Siamo solamente io e te. Io e te. In questa casa italiana. In questa casa italiana. E allora, bella, togliti la tua camicetta italiana. <laughs> I nostri vicini. I nostri vicini italiani. Pensano che sia sbagliato. Sbagliato is uh, maybe difficult. The, the, the group uh, GLI is uh, pronounced gli. Yeah, gli spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> like gli spaghetti, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I sbagliato. Sbagliato, yes. Giusto. È giusto così. È giusto così. Potresti... Yeah. Pot... <laughs> <laughs> How do you say the number 53? 53. 53. <laughs> Potresti avere 53 anni. So the other one, if I was singing, see, Mia nomo e Vincenzo... How do you say Vincenzo Salvia? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's like you pronounce it. Uh, Vincenzo Salvia. Il mio nome è Salvia. Vincenzo. You say Salvia. 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 Yes. How do you pronounce uh, Salvia? I say Salvia. Ah, okay. okay. Sal, so like that, but you say Sol. Uh, I say Salvia. It's open, the A. The A is open. 
Okay, Vincenzo say, Cacciatore di milfa da potenza. Like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cacciatore? <laughs> Cacciatore, yes, yes, it's correct. So, Cacciatore is a hunter? Hunter, yes. I'll try to do it, but I think it's going to be a lot harder than I thought. Are your parents happy when you bring milfs home? <laughs> Yes, yes. Of course, my my parents uh, are happy and proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) When people last listened to the show, I shot you and then you fell over. But uh, you are still alive, alive and well uh, in Italy. Yes. So uh, this is a new feature on the podcast. Um, I get a lot of spam emails, and a lot of them are uh, very ridiculous things, and I thought I would just read a couple and respond to them as if they were actual emails. So the first one is from some lady called Renovera Badrum, and uh, Uh. she wrote me, and she said, A lot of people... Use the list to make sure they have got the countless crucial factors, just like food and clothing. Moreover, it enables you to pack the suitable camping out devices. And I gotta say, that is incredibly useful information. You know, I've struggled enabling myself to pack the suitable camping out devices, especially when camping, and it's just really neat to have people write in and sort of uh, illuminate that issue. So I want to thank Renovera Badrum for writing that in, and I hope that in the future, I can only get better at enabling myself to pack the suitable camping out devices. I think it's good advice. Have you ever uh, you ever been camping, Vincenzo? Uh, no, no, I never, I never, I never go. I don't, uh, don't like that. I prefer uh, beaches. Uh, not be- beaches. Uh, not pronounces like uh, b i t c h. But uh, beach. Um... Yeah, with with sand and water. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I received this email from Packers Apparel for Women. The email read, I'm the head football coach. We have to get better. It falls on me, not on anybody else. And that was from Packers Apparel for Women. Do you play football over there in Italy? No, I I hate football. (laughs) I am one of the the few people who hate football. What do you do instead of uh, playing football? I like motorcycles, uh, motor motorbikes, and uh, I go cycling in mountains, uh, often uh, in, uh, in the summer. Here's an email I received titled, What Makes a Cocktail Dress? And uh, they said, uh, thanks. I've just been searching for information approximately this topic for ages, and yours is the best I've discovered so far. But what in regards to the bottom line? Are you certain about the supply? What makes a cocktail dress? I got to tell you, I have not thought about the bottom line at all. I certainly have not thought about my supply. When you ask me, am I certain about the supply? The answer is no. I'm clearly not. So if you'd like to write in again, uh, possibly suggest to me a different supplier, that would be incredibly helpful because, you know, when trying to make a podcast and, you know, run a website and do all this sorts of stuff on the side, it is very difficult uh, to be certain about the supply. Hopefully you can get back in touch with me so that uh, so that I can um, hopefully find another way. Do you uh, do you like women who wear cocktail dresses? Mm, at least in my city, women uh, dress always good when they go out. Mm-hmm. 
There is not a, speci a specific cocktail dress. They are uh, always off. Uh, few, few words. <laughs> <laughs> this is an email I received titled 2012 Cheap Jerseys Most Popular Patriots Jerseys. And uh, this person said, Ukraine, which will host the next European Championship in two years, is in the quarterfinals for the first time. What uh, what do you know about the Ukraine? Uh, Ukraine, I um, the first thing that appears in my mind is uh, a blonde woman with uh, nice uh, eyes, blue or, or green, mm -hmm. and um, a nice smile and uh, tits. <laughs> Not, not too big tits. I think uh, Ukraine uh, have not uh, big tits, um, but medium, medium, uh, medium sides. <laughs> but I, uh, I like all the all the sides of tits, of course. You're open to all sizes, is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You're a man of opportunity. I'm, I'm not uh, racist. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Let's see what else. This was an email I received from uh, Brandon Williams Jersey, and uh, he said, That said, if we do suddenly have a giant snowstorm on Super Bowl Sunday, you can bet Farmer's Almanac will take all the credit. <laughs> and listen, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Brandon Williams Jersey, this happens every year. You're absolutely right. These people go, they play in the football game. They get all the glory, and then the next day, no one's talking about the score. No one's talking about the teams. Everyone is talking about the Farmer's Almanac. Uh, it just takes center stage. Uh, once the weather comes up and everyone's talking about the weather, what's on everybody's minds? The Farmer's Almanac, like always. And uh, I think it's, it's shameful, really, especially when you watch just how skillful these athletes are to be overshadowed by uh, a book predicting the weather. It's ridiculous. Do you know what the uh, Farmer's Almanac is? It's uh, like uh, Jacket News, but um, less professional, I think. <laughs> <laughs> How would you explain Jacket News, if you had to explain to people what Jacket News is? Mm, jacket News is... Uh, um, I created that because um, uh, I was always in doubt uh, if um, I had to wear my jacket on night or not. Because the weather here is... Um, a bit crazy in the, in the end of summer, um, the end of August and September. Uh, we have um, hot days, but in the night it becomes very cold, but not always cold. So um, the, my decision was if um, I, I, have, I have to wear um, my jacket. I made this experience and I thought to convoy this to all my followers uh, who had the same doubt. Uh, <laughs> I only try to help people. It's my it's my mission on the earth. You want people to know if they need to wear a jacket that night. This is an email I received. Uh, they said, I reckon something really interesting about your blog. So I saved it to my bookmarks. And that was from uh, Para Jumpers. What sorts of things does Vincenzo Salvia bookmark? Uh, yeah, with I open my bookmarks. I don't remember. Okay, I have um, the 80s folder mm -hmm. where I have some um, blogs, um, Italo discos, um, music blogs, uh, portfolios, uh, and some other things. Furniture, where I have some of my, all my favorite uh, shops. Funny things and uh, music. Some uh, cars, uh, blogs. K-Star International. What the fuck is this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to make this the whole show. I just want to hear you <laughs> just skimming through your bookmarks. I think this is great. <laughs> All right, so here's the, here's the last one. This is uh, an email I received from uh, Nicholas X. And uh, Nicholas says, Guys, if you are lazy or don't have any progress in bodybuilding, you should search in Google for bodybuilding motivation gedekt. It really motivates me every day to do hard workouts. Do you have a workout routine? Mm, yes, I I take my cup of coffee mm-hmm. and I take my biscuits, and this is a real uh, a real fitness because. I, <laughs> Are they really big biscuits? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yes, we have uh, big biscuits in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Anyways, buddy, <laughs> do you have anything you're working on right now? I didn't actually talk to you last week because I just shot you. I'm working uh, on a new album. I don't know if uh, it's uh, an EP or an LP. Mm, with a guy from Texas. Uh, he has a wonderful voice. And um, we are making something similar to New Disco and uh, Indie Dance. And um, I'm working on uh, another uh, LP or EP for uh, Telefuture in uh, Italo Disco style. But I'm searching for um, a female singer. Maybe I found a uh, founder. Is, um, she's in, in my city and she's a friend of mine. She's very, very talented. Not like Vincenzo Sari, but a, a bit less. <laughs> <laughs> and what else? What else, Vincenzo? Cacciatore di milfs. <laughs> All right, man. Take care, buddy. Take care, Andy. <laughs> and that was Vincenzo Salvia. He's a cool guy. And now, here's my conversation with Alpha Boy. What's the temperature like in uh, Germany right now? We have right now minus five degrees and it's snowy. Okay, that's, that's not too bad. Today it's negative 30 for me whoa <laughs> oh crazy yeah it's like the north pole <laughs> i refuse to go outside so i'm just sort of hiding inside right now you have a li- you have a little son yeah how old he is uh three my is two years old yeah <laughs> it's a lot of fun yeah <laughs> It's interesting because he gets to use all of the technology and stuff. My son too. (laughs) It's crazy. It's fun to see because now that my son's about three, so he can actually play video games pretty well. He also knows how to go on the internet, uh, (laughs) which which probably isn't a good thing. (laughs) Sometimes I think. (laughs) My wife's computer has a touchscreen. Okay. <laughs> so he he doesn't have to use the mouse. I don't know how he finds the stuff. He finds it. He watches video game walkthroughs. Yes. So he sits there and he watches people play Super Mario. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. It's just it's such a thing. But he, he loves it. He just sits there and watches it. I see uh, some of these things also on my son because um, he, he can control my complete iPod. Yeah. And then he go to the internet, go to YouTube and watch his favorite cartoons. And mm. he's two years old. It's, for this generation, it's completely no- normal to to use that high level of technology. Yeah. And he, he also play with my old Game Boy from the 90s. Yeah. Uh, Game Boy Pocket. <laughs> he yeah. play also uh, Super Mario. 
Mm-hmm. And some days ago, I bought from China um, a Game Boy clone where you can play every Game Boy game uh, on a micro SD card. Yes. And now it's its favorite toy because you can play more than 3,000 Game Boy games from Game Boy Color to Advance and all these things. <laughs> and it's really, really fantastic to see him to play these old games. And for me as an old 80s fan, it, it makes my heart open to see that my little better boy play retro games it's cool (laughs) yeah it's it's neat because they they really adapt when i watch my son play and he's definitely gotten he's definitely gotten better (laughs) over the year but it took him a while to understand the controller but now that he understands it it's fun to watch it's a lot of memorization he plays the same level over and over and over again so when you watch it now it looks like he's really good but in actual fact, he's played that level like a hundred times. And one cool thing is to know that they learn it for his young age so fast. Mm-hmm. One crazy thing is when you think uh, forward, they learn it faster for the future. Because when in two years when they play games that we played as we were 14, they play it better than we played it as we were 14. You know what I mean? <laughs> for them, it's it's a part of their three years of life. To play these games and to play that fast and normal, it's, it's huge, huge. When, when I think forward to this time when he play more difficult games and I think sometimes when, when I'm 60 old, um, my son will play games with holograms or something like yeah, this. Yeah. And I saw a Kickstarter project on, you take a, a glass on your face mm-hmm. and it looks like a normal glass, sunglass, for example. And there are cables on the backside of the glass. And when you come in a room, you see on a table a hologram, but only into the glass. But the cool thing was on that project, you have your glass on it and it looks like a normal glass to see better. And you see the, the picture through the glasses. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a really hologram, like a digital object in the room. But when you take the glass off, you can't see it anymore. But when you take it down, you see it. For example, Mario jump from your table down to the chair or something like mm-hmm. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I will send you the link. You must see it. You unbelievable. You, you can't believe it when you see it. It's really crazy. And I'm looking forward when this will be officially released. I think the coolest application I've seen... I mean, the potential, you know, if they ever get it, get it working is using the glasses to translate signs. I saw a video on the web and I forget what the link was, but they were using augmented reality to translate uh, street signs. So if you were walking in France and you have your glasses on, the signs would appear to you in German. That is awesome, if it works. (laughs) The one video I saw, they even try and make it look the same. If the sign is green, it shows up in green on your glasses, you know? I saw a video on YouTube where a team, and I think it was in New York, uh, developed right now a a glass system for blind people that when they um, see something, the glass explain them with a computer voice what they see. Oh, right, right. Also interesting. And when you think in the 80s, you had the first mobile telephones, you have a a camera, you had a video camera, you had a Game Boy, Mm -hmm. and now it's all included in one little device called iPhone. And these devices had a lot of more power than, ah, I forgot the computer. And they have a lot of more powers like these different uh, devices in the 80s. It's the future is so crazy. And, <laughs> yeah. I still look at the iPod, even all these years later, 
and just look yeah. at that thing and go, fucking, how cool is this? Like, yeah. such a cool thing. And if you remember what what problems we had with the Walkmans when we played a cassette that the Walkman eat the tapes oh, or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like this and you need a pencil to repair them and what all the things we must do yeah. that we can hear <laughs> completely music. And now we, we have our MP3 files or Wave REF files and we play it and it's worked to 100% correct. And in, in in a huge better quality. And some days ago, I I watched some old graphics from the 80s. I have a huge collection of 80s graphics. Mm -hmm. And there I I saw um, a future vision picture from an artist who painted a watch where he put a small uh, micro SD looking um, safe data medium in it. Okay. And I thought, oh, wow, he had the same idea. And now we had really this this um, micro SD cards. And when you think we have now uh, micro SD cards with 64 uh, gigabyte mm -hmm. in this little micro SD card and what we had for uh, devices to save, I think, 1 MB in the 80s, it's it's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous. the the yeah. first The first computer we had in our house, if the computer had a hundred megabytes on it, that's probably all it was, and that was yeah. big deal to have that yeah. much memory on the computer. Yeah. And I forgot how slow the floppy disks are because about a year ago we had some old floppy disks and we still had an old computer, and I wanted to get the information off of the floppy disks. The floppy disks hold one megabyte and they take like four minutes to get the information off. Yeah. You put the stupid floppy disk in the computer and then you'd wait and it just goes, eh, 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 like it makes this crazy noise. But I remember on my school time, I remember that uh, I had a really best girlfriend. Her name was Susie. And that was the time before the internet was in Germany popular. Mm -hmm. And we, we wrote uh, us our message on one floppy disk. And I took the floppy disk to my home and write down their uh, text file on it, like a letter, mm. put it on and gave her on the next day in the school the floppy disk. And she'd take it to her home, uh, put it in her PC <laughs> and open it and answer the letter. And it was our secret messaging, uh, like uh, pre-internet. Yeah. <laughs> like and it was a exciting time because it was we were the only kids in the school with that ID, and it was really cool. <laughs> it was our secret art type of messaging. Oh, that's I that's have, cute. I, I remember really often on this, and it's cool. What's Susie up to now? She's married, has a wonderful little daughter, and she lives in the middle of Germany. And sometimes we have contact, but not so often. She she is busy all the time like me. And <laughs> But today I think I will contact her again to tell her that we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to your interview on Synthwaves uh, on KFIA, and um, yeah. I'm now going to ask you, the exact same questions that Noah Kaufman asked you in order. Okay. So question one is, do you drive on the Autobahn? And if I visit Berlin, can you show me the Autobahn? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Alpha Boy wasn't your original artist name, is that right? My first artist name was Shibalba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unspeechable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say say that again. <laughs> okay. 
she she balba she balba yeah it's it's the first letter is an x <laughs> it's really hard to speak and that was one reason why i changed my name i checked the whole internet and nobody had this name it's an a dying star from the inca uh, mythos i was hypnotized from that style of writing that name with an x at before and i thought ah oh, that must be a good idea to use this name and i use it and nobody can spell it over the years and i thought okay really really i must change my name and it has not not much to do with 80 music because my first tracks i released 2005 and nobody can use that name and okay i said i need a better name and then i create alpha boy yeah. <laughs> i like the way you use the word hypnotized thank you sir <laughs> <laughs> All of your releases on Bandcamp seem to be from sort of 2012 and yeah. upwards. So yeah. what was the stuff that you were doing in 2005? I really start, I think, 2000. But the first release I had was 2003. And I put it in the in the internet in zip files and sent it to friends and all this stuff. And it was not, not really 80s music. It was steps before. It was soft techno and a little bit electronic. And it was my first steps into in, the way of in 80s music. And it was a, a time where I was extremely creative and I testing sounds and styles. And it was really different to the music that I do now because if I remember correctly, the first tracks was really hard. Something mixed like techno and drum and bass. Okay. And I, some tracks I remember was really cool was a type of two-step. It was the, the music before all these dubsteps music came out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I listen to this music and I like it a lot. And I think one day I will re-release some of these tracks for free that uh, my fans have something special to listen. Let's talk a bit about some of the stuff that you've put out with your album releases. I think the first one was Blockbuster. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. Because I saw at the bottom it said mastered by some guy called Marco. Marco Cassania. Yeah, Marco Cassania is a really, really good friend of mine. Um he is one of the programmer guys from Ableton here in Berlin. He worked for that Ableton company that is also my DRV that I work with. And he was over the year a really, really helpful guy that support me uh, on every time when I call him or if I meet him. And he was so friendly mastering some of my releases and he did a really good job on it and i'm really thankful to him and uh every time when i have the chance to say thank you to him i do it and he's a really friendly guy and he's also a really professional guy in the things what he do he's an, a hardware emulation programmer yeah he's he's a talentful guy cool i i dig uh i like the song uh, magic of sound yes i love this song too my son dance always to this track when he came to my pc he will that i play this track all, every time first yeah. <laughs> under under my headphones he, he he stole my headphone all the time from my head when he came in and mm -hmm. then he put his finger on the display that i have to start magic of sound
I just saw a picture you posted, and you said it was your grandpa on German TV or something? That was today a really special story. Today arrived a DVD from a German archive um, here in Berlin called RBB. Um, they saved over 30 years all German news uh, magazines and TV from the part from the 70s until the 90s. And my grandpa was a reporter in the time of the GDR and he made a news from New York, from the UNO. And uh, he was a really famous and special person in the GDR. What's the GDR? The GDR is, um, you know, after the Second World War, Germany was split into areas in the U.S. sector, USA sector, and the Russian sector. Right. And the GDR was the Russian sector of Germany, and I'm I was born in the Russian sector on the GDR, ah. and also my my the half part of my family lived there. And also my grandpa, and he was a so special person in the GDR that he can travel into the whole world. And he lived in Cairo, Singapore, um, New York, Washington, and he made always um, news on the camera for the German TV in the GDR. Right. Okay, cool. And today I got all this material from the from this time on DVD, and I was really, really proud to see him. And it was the first time in my family that we saw this material. Oh, cool, cool that we saw this movie for the first time. And now we want in the next days we want to make a big party that we all can sit in front of the TV and watch this material. Yeah, yeah. So is is there a lot of it? Over 20 minutes of um movie material and it's I think uh 12 or 14 14 uh parts with different uh, news in it. Right, right. So did you know that these people were saving this material or was it just sort of a surprise? Like they contacted like your parents or how, how did you know? How did, how did they know to give it to you? The thing was I was calling with my dad one day and we thought, uh, come on, let us look as we can found some of the material. And I said, okay, I do it. I will check the internet and I phoned to some TV channels and archive channels and after the second telephone number I, I was on the correct phone and they said yes we have some material and it was over 20 minutes and I said okay I want to order it and then I got uh, an email and I ordered them and after two months it was at my home and now it is here. And I'm sitting in front of my uh, desktop PC and see this huge picture that I post on Facebook. And yeah, yeah, It yeah. makes me really, really, really proud to see my grandpa and he looks really awesome with his clothes and his glasses and his <laughs> hairstyle. It's really, really cool. It's pure 70s. So we had uh, Blockbuster, and then the next one you you put out, the next album was Heroes on Tape. It's, Heroes on Tape was the, 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 the third one. I liked um, your song titles. They're all... <laughs> Each, each each one was like sort of an 80s cartoon or movie TV reference. You got Masters yeah. of the Universe and MacGyver and Tally Hawk from Silver Hawks and Daniel yeah. Sun, Harold F., <laughs> Flux Capacitor. The whole idea that I had uh, on this album was to to make some alternative themes to one of my favorite movies and cartoons and series from the 80s and I was really thankful to Jared Hagerman that he made 
these really, really cool uh, album cover art. The Silverhawks theme is such a cool theme. So <laughs> I love watching those old videos of the 80s cartoons uh, title sequences. Yeah, me too. The 80s cartoon theme songs are just so much better. And Silverhawks is such a great intro. It's like, I think that might be one of the best ones, especially when it, it cuts to the dude playing the guitar. When, yeah. when, you know, <laughs> it's, I, I think one, one of the best part on the 80s cartoon is that they are not so overloaded like the, that's actually cartoon that is released now. Mm -hmm. The cartoon you can watch now, they are so full of speed and mm -hmm. totally overload. And when you see the old cartoon, they have um, softer breaks and longer cuts and I like that a lot of more. And the most cartoons that my son watch are uh, older cartoons yeah. because they are relaxed to watch. Mm -hmm. That's the tricky thing because you try, I mean, I try and show my son, you know, the cartoons that I like. So I, you know, I have all the old DVDs of the ones that I watched when I was a kid. And uh, it's tough, though, because, you know, once they start going to daycare and school yeah. and they get influenced by the other kids who like all the crap that's on TV now, yeah. and then eventually they come home and they want to watch that stuff. <laughs> Definitely. My son's a little too young for Batman right now. <laughs> yeah, it's better that he don't see it yet. <laughs> well, he'll watch gummy bears sometimes, and yeah, I I try and get him to watch Ghostbusters, but he's he's not having it right now. But he will. I love Ghostbusters, and so I I, I want him to see that one. Yeah, me too. If you remember too, um, one of the best TV intros that I was listening was uh, from Elf. <laughs> you remember this intro, and one of the coolest about that intro is that the real composer of it his name was also alf his real name was alf like the like this show <laughs> and alf intro is for me a, a big teacher because um when i listen it under headphones i study this this type of composing because it's really really special and my second favorite is from knight rider from uh Stu phillips yeah the knight rider song is. okay yeah Stu phillips and don peak i think was the second composer for it. I love this. The Knight Rider song is kick-ass. I like the uh, the thing you wrote that accompanies the album, which is, uh, it is 1985, and you are 12 years old once again. Your parents left the house, and you are all by yourself. It is night. Now you have the opportunity to watch a VHS which you found on the road last night. You insert the tape, and what you see are all of your TV's heroes. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny because I think when I was younger, I had sort of a similar fantasy. You know, you, you find a VHS tape laying around, except I was always hoping that uh, that on the tape would be porn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, seeing some old cartoons would be fun too, I suppose, but... <laughs>
when I listen to it sometimes, I got that feeling back that I had at the time as I composed the whole album. Then a good track when you had that full range of feelings coming back when you listen to, to this track, what you, that the feeling they had you at that time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I saw a picture of you wearing an Alpha Boy jacket. Is that thing real? That is a real, real jacket. Um, my wife gave me that as a uh, birthday gift last year and also as a um, Valentine's Day gift. I was really happy because it was all the time my dream to have a college jacket or something like that in, this, in that style with my Alpha Boy logo, with the old logo. Mm. It's now in the washing machine and it's clean. <laughs> and I try to wear it uh, the most time when I can. And I'm really proud of it. And it was one of the best gifts I ever get in my life. Oh, that's an awesome gift then. That's wicked. Yeah. Tell me a bit about The Streets Are Hot. What's this title about? See, I assumed it was maybe you have like heated streets in Germany. Everyone's always going off about how efficient everything is over there. It was a little bit similar story because at this <laughs> time, as I composed that track, it was really hot in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, at the same time, I was listening to the soundtrack of that 80s Japanese cartoon called California Crisis. And there are, is a track inside that soundtrack called The Streets Are Hot. And it was singing from a Japanese woman. And her I don't understand correct what, what she sings completely in Japanese, but some send it in English. But I love it, that track really. And that feeling I had on that time fit perfectly to, to this track of that Japanese comic movie and... Yeah, I thought, okay, I must uh, let this input out of my style, and I composed that um, The Streets Hot album. Do you have a particular sort of favorite from that one? Top Gun and Sunset in Silicon Valley are, and Charlotte Blackwood. Oh, how I can't forget Charlotte Blackwood. Charlotte Blackwood is my favorite, definitely, from that album. I love this track because... Um, it was a little gift uh, to my wife, that track. You should get her a jacket that says my wife on the back. Yeah. To go with the alpha boy jacket. She's the alpha girl in, in my family. <laughs> and my son is the better boy. My best time to create music is over the night because I get the best ideas and the best inspirations. Mm -hmm. And over the day, I have not a lot of, but a bit time for my wife. And my son is over the day in the kindergarten. And that bit free time I have, I, I love it to play video games or watch movies or something like that. Normal, thing, normal things. What's the last game you played that you were uh, happy about? Um, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. This game is 
really good. I love that soundtrack from Power Glove. Mm -hmm. They did a really, really good job, but they copied to 100% Brad Fiedel's Terminator soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's so, so similar, but they, they did it really good. And it's and it's it's a huge talent to copy in that style. So good. It's yeah. I mean, without being the same, <laughs> they managed to sort of use the same synths and use the same tone. Because the the one track, which is my favorite one on the Blood Dragon soundtrack, is the one that sounds like the the chase sequence in Terminator. Yeah. That like. Uh, I can't even sing it. I can't. <laughs> it only happens at certain points in the game when you're you're in a gunfight or whatever. But it's uh, they did a they did a great job. My favorite track is the um, the Blood Dragon theme because it's you have that uh, metal punching sound like in Hammer on Metal, mm -hmm. and it's so close to the uh, Brad Fiedler themes. But one fact, one cool fact is on that game, they, they used every typical cliche from the VHS era. Mm -hmm. You had that laser dragons with laser gun eyes mm -hmm. and the, the enemies had that helm on it with the nitrider LEDs yeah. <laughs> that runs from left to right. And it's a so cool idea. I love that game. I also really enjoyed just Far Cry 3, which is helpful. You know, it was already a good game, but then this made it so different and yet so cool. One of the cool things also on the game is that they make jokes with that tutorial theme in every game you have right now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. When you start that game and you start the tutorial, the character is so stressed by the tutorial and it's so a funny way to start a game yeah when 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 he freaks out about it this little game far cry blood dragon is a really really good yeah. game <laughs> i like the nighthawk song from uh, from the nighthawk ep do you put that song on an album or does that just that's just in the EP. Uh, it was only an EP. I never released it on other um, album or something like that. Um, that track was collab with uh, the one and only Gars Knight. Um, I composed that track in, I think, three hours, completely done. And then I sent him the stamps and he made over the night a really fantastic mix down and mastering of it. And it's one of my best track in that way of punch kicks and snares. And he did a really good job on it. And yeah, it was a cool track. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
Do you have a thing with helicopters? Because I was looking over your Facebook briefly and I saw there was lots of posts near helicopters and getting tours of helicopters and stuff. Yeah, that that was a cool thing because um, my son's kindergarten is uh, not so far away from my home here where I live in New York, Berlin. And every time when I take him back, we walk on that way on a fire station, fireworker station. And there's sometimes in the summer, they are land um, helicopters from the Red Cross or something like this to make a short break that the pilots can go on toilet or something like that or can eat something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we had the chance to come really close to the helicopter. And the last time we, my son, my sister and me, we walked uh, to my mom. She lives in the same village here. And we saw on a green field uh, an empty helicopter. And we said, come on, we must go there. And the thing was, my, my little sister had her pro camera with, with her. And she made good photos. And was the second time that my son can touch a helicopter. And mm. he was really, really afraid all the time. After the start of the helicopter, he was telling um, three times in a minute, ah, he starts in the sky. And... <laughs> it was really cool and we, we made a lot of photos uh, on that day and after we met the first helicopter he was so happy about it that I go in the same night on the internet and ordered on Amazon that same helicopter as a play toy that we meet on that day and I think three days later it arrived my home and at the same day it arrived I gave him and he made it completely broken in, uh, yeah. <laughs> in two hours. <laughs> I love those helicopter toys, but I got pissed off because I, I bought one for really cheap. I went to this computer store and I don't know what the exchange rate is to German currency with Canadian currency, but it cost $14, okay? Yeah. Which is not a lot of money for a toy helicopter, but it had a very specific kind of wire to charge the battery. Ah, okay. It's a little tiny helicopter you can plug into the computer to charge it. And I lost the wire. So oh. <laughs> I have this stupid helicopter, which was like a lot of fun to use. <laughs> yeah. But I can't I can't use it anymore because I can't charge the, the thing. But they're a lot of fun. They're hard to control. I had some of these problems too because before my son was born, I thought, okay, when he grow up, it's cool to have a little toy helicopter. And I checked the whole internet. And the first one I bought was like yours, uh, a cheap one for, I think, 30 euro. And it was the horror because to charge it was crazy and it was really fast broken everything. And then I found a really, really good coaxial helicopter called... Uh, Blade MCX from E-Flight mm -hmm. and it's the best indoor coaxial helicopter you can find and it's not so expensive. I think it costs here in Germany 80 euro. If anyone is looking for a great indoor helicopter to play with, <laughs> with a start, yeah. this one is really, 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 really good. Really good. <laughs> when my son wakes up, he come in the living room and said, Dad, come on, helicopter, 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 helicopter. <laughs> and he say it so often that I say, oh, good, oh, come on, okay. And then he starts and he has his own controller for it. It's not a really controller, but he, he believed that he can control the <laughs> helicopter. But, <laughs> but he said... Awesome. And we, we control the helicopter and make some adventures and we stress a mom 
uh, we we fly over her head and, and <laughs> breathe the hair. I tried to pull those kind of tricks with my son when he first started playing video games, yeah. where I, I would just hand him a controller that wasn't connected to anything, yeah. and then he figured it out. But now it's funny when kids, when they get focused on something, yeah. you know, like you're saying your son gets up and says, helicopter, helicopter, like my son gets up and he's just Mario. He just wants to play Mario. Like that's the first thing he says when he opens his eyes. He wants to play Super Mario. Yeah. He talks about it all day. Yeah, my son too. Bowser came and stole the princess. <laughs> he's always telling me that, right? Like he'll always walk in. He's just like, oh, Bowser, Bowser's not very nice. He stole the princess. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, it's so ridiculous. But these are our part as dads to enjoy these 1000 time sentence over one day. Yeah. <laughs> and to laugh all the time about it because every time it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> After the last sort of album, you released a bunch of EPs in a row. Right. So there was like Phantom Driver and, and VHS Rider, which was like a, a Knight Rider homage. Yeah. And Digital Dawn. Yeah. And I think the release after this was Future Man. story uh, at this time i checked a lot of sci-fi graphics from the 70s late 70s early 80s mm -hmm. i remember there was an, an really really cool picture of a story called future man it was difficult to found something about that story because it was only the artwork and about that point that i didn't found any text of that future man story um, my fantasy goes his own way about that cover art and I create in my head a story and I wrote it down after that it was done I said okay that's a cool idea make make an album make some tracks and it was not my first idea to make an album my first idea was to make a track and I started and I thought okay why not some tracks more and the story goes on and I think it's the only album that I create that has one red line. Although every track depends to the first track and the second track. And it's for me a really fictive soundtrack. You mean uh, that the tracks like connect with each other? Yeah, definitely. Because um, some of these sounds are similar from track to track. And sometimes I use the same sounds, but a little bit different. 
every time when I hear it, I have this feeling to watch a, a movie or to listen a good audio play. Mm -hmm. My first steps into soundtracks. Did you design the cover of that one or was that just the artwork that inspired you or? That was the artwork that inspired me. Okay. It was really, really hard to find some material about it. And I was really happy to find um, this old graphic that is really, really old. I think it's from the 73 or something like this. I'm really a fan of that uh, cover art. Clear Sky was my first piano track. That album is really special to me and really close to what I really wanted to compose. Sometimes it's for me when, when I start to create a new track, I I listen one sound and I think, oh, come on, that sounds good. Try something, add new sounds on it. But this album has that style and sound that I imagined before I start to compose and these tracks come really close to that was what was my intention to make that album and it's really 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 special for me that album you had one called the best right and you 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 put that one out on cassette yeah the best so how many of your releases have you put out on cassette the best was the only release that i took on cassette um the best is a um, it's the best of compilation from the tracks of beginning 2012 until middle 2013 and it's yeah it's a best of compilation of my own tracks the story of the cassette is really cool because i produced in i think three days over 100 cassettes and i sell over 100 cassettes in four days well, that's cool it was really fast uh, my email inbox was ringing all the time and i didn't make any big uh, promotion for something like this i i, I posted the picture on facebook and that was it and everyone was uh, writing me a message and wanted and today i i sent uh, one cassette again to the u.s to to have your own music as an 80s artist on a cassette and to sell them it's an important part of my career and it was a long wish of mine how long did it take you to uh, dub all those tapes i record every cassette uh, one cassette at one time 
Um, I have an, a special cassette recorder here in my living room next uh, to my studio. Mm-hmm. And I connect them with my PC and record every tra- every cassette single. And it needs always one hour. <laughs> yeah, it's a really simple way. But I, the thing is, I can really make a good quality on the cassette with that um, special cassette recorder. <laughs> I was just laughing at the amount of hours that was. That's uh... Yeah. Yeah, but it was normally at this time. No, not everybody has that big copy machines for cassette. Mm-hmm. And to put that big machines in my living room, my wife would kill me because <laughs> our living room is in half a sound studio. And if I would put here a big cassette copy machine, my wife would, would cut off my head in, in, in a half second. <laughs> <laughs> I think on your next album, uh, the one called For You, you had a Crazy Calls reference. Yeah. I completely forgot about Crazy Calls, and then I yeah. listened to them again, and they're amazing. <laughs> like, Crazy Calls is awesome, because <laughs> it's so, it's some, you know, when something is just so bad that it's good. To use your Crazy Calls, simply place the speaker of your cassette player or stereo one foot from your answering machine microphone. Set the volume control at normal speaking volume. You will hear four beeps before each crazy call's message. After you select your message, wait until you hear the fourth beep and then immediately depress the record button on your answering machine. Let the message play through to the end of the crazy call's message. Release the record button. You are ready to enjoy crazy calls. And my favorite one is the is the Beethoven. You know, <laughs> nobody's home. <laughs> this idea was so simple but so genius. Nobody's home, nobody's home. If you will leave your name and number at the sound, I'll get right back to you as soon as I'm around. And if you do, my word is true, I'll get in touch with you. I love these crazy calls and... um uh, at the time, ta- after listening to the whole uh, crazy chords, you can also find them on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I thought, okay, I make a track that sounds funny, and I think I, I made it good then. Yeah. <laughs> it still makes me laugh every time. Just, <laughs> Nobody's home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> there's that one and then the rap one, I think. Those are my two favorites, the ones at the yeah, end. Yeah, the rap one and Beethoven, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so... T- <laughs> I'm glad you called, but I'm not home. But I'll be back before too long. You gotta seek your stuff and your number two. And this is all you've got to do. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave your name. You gotta leave your number. Wait for the beat. You gotta leave it at the beat. I think that sort of brings us up to Laser Vision. Yeah. Which is the new one, right? This is your seventh album. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the track Dreams Made of Dust and Light.
the Vision album is um, a special story in this way that it was testing my skills for soundtrack feeling. Mm -hmm. At the track of Dreams Made of Dust and Light, I had this vision of a guy that arrived after a crash with a spaceship on a dust planet deep in the galaxy and that he stands in front of a mountain and looks into a desert and has no chance to come back to the Earth. And about that feeling and that track, I thought, okay, that name, Dreams Made of Dust and Light, would fit perfectly. And a lot of people contact me about that track and ask me uh, some stories about it. And I think the title is also good and it fits perfectly to the sounds. And Yeah, no, it's definitely a neat track. I have a really good friend in Leipzig, that is a, a city in Germany. Um, he has a small collection of laser discs. Mm -hmm. I met him some weeks ago and I saw these laser discs from some Stallone and uh, Schwarzenegger movies. And every time when I see a laser disc, I'm hypnotized because these <laughs> big chrome looking are really a special thing and the first big medium to save files and the university did this and um, we Germans has a special relationship to this and um, I saw a lot of videos on YouTube about that laser disc and laser vision things and I said oh come on that logo looks good and why I let me inspiring by all this stuff and I start to make some tracks and uh, yeah after this it was the laser vision done and one cool thing on that Laser Vision album is that I reached at the time of composing some new levels of composing and mastering and mix down. And I'm huge, huge, huge proud of that album because I'm to 101% uh, happy with that album. And it's one of the first time that I have the feeling, okay, that is done like it's done. And it's perfect from the first to the last second of that album. So the most artists are not always happy with their music. But on Laser Vision, I'm to 101% happy and I'm proud. Was that an album that you spent longer making than the other ones? Yeah, definitely. Because these uh, nine tracks I composed mostly over one year besides some other projects. And uh, after the fifth tracks, I thought, okay, I make an album of it. And it was so secret behind all the other projects that I uh, had enough time to to focus on that track that they come really, really good. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people contact me about that album and say they are really happy with it. And it's good to get these awesome feedback for a work that I needed over one year. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Um, to say after one year it's done, it's released, it's it's a huge feeling. What's another track on there that you're particularly happy with? Uh, I think it's every track <laughs> <laughs> from the first to the last. Um, I'm really happy with the second track called Misty Roads. Thank you. 
at the time of the composing, I had that vision to see a cool sports car from the 80s that drive through uh, misty roads where in the morning something like LA or New York and there are always misty uh, clouds uh, comes down from the earth from the street and you drive through with your car through these uh, clouds and then you see the horizon and the sun comes up behind New York skyline and the intro has really that feeling the other track that I really like is the third one called Electric Popping. of these sounds I create there was not preset using or something like that this was a really difficult new way for me to create new sounds also Chronicle Hall was one of my first classic tracks that I that I made because I compose right now for some video games these soundtracks and there are some classic tracks that I compose right now and Carnegie Hall was really the first one and the cool thing on Carnegie Hall is that not everybody knows that Carnegie Hall is a classic version of my uh, Master of the Universe track from the Heroes on Tape album. Okay, cool. And I reworked it as a classic version and it was really difficult. What's on tap for Alpha Boy for uh, 2014? Big things are coming. I don't want to say too much, but March 1st, uh, I will release a retro racer game where I made the soundtrack for it. And in that game are a character in, in it that you can use that is inspired by the Alpha Boy story. Okay. And it's a retro racer and it will be available for Android. And I made right now some other soundtracks for other PC and video games. And there I can't tell anything because I have contracts about it that I can't yeah. tell anything. <laughs> Secrets. Secrets, yeah. But, was... <laughs> but um, yeah, really. And a movie comes out this year with my soundtrack. It's a comic movie from Austria. I'm busy right now over the day and I'm happy about it because um, I can live every day my IT stream so much. And I'm thankful to my wife that she support me as so crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always fascinated um, how she she can take all my craziness over the years. And I'm really thankful to her. I love you. 
that's a nice a sweet way to end this thing yeah. my my wife doesn't put up with any of this shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, i believe you <laughs> my wife did it at the first time awful she was always when she heard my music she said come off i can't hear it anymore believe me i will not hear it anymore and now, after the years, she came in when I wake up with my face on the PC keys at the morning. She came in and said, come on, show me a little bit. And then she said, come on, change there a bit and there a bit. Mm -hmm. And now she is the ghost composer behind that huge Alpha Boy project. And yeah. she is the uh, the godfather, yeah. but the godwoman, godmother of Alpha <laughs> Boy. <Yeah. laughs> All right, dude. Well, it was, uh, it was good talking to you. It was really good to talk with you, too. Nobody's home. Nobody's home. <laughs> <laughs> du, 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 du. and yeah i'm looking forward to your upcoming podcast and i'm a fan of it and i like really what you do well thanks dude in germany we have a, um, a sentence for this um, we say herzblut when you put a lot of sweat and blood of your heart into one work and i think i hear it that you do spend a lot of time at editing because your podcasts are really good and it makes fun because the, the last interviews you had was really funny i remember the interview with uh protector 101 i love this guy so much he is really really funny and <laughs> that interview was also really good to hear what's that what's that word herzblut herzblut uh it's it's me herzblut like herzblut uh, called uh uh, translated it will be a uh, blood of heart yeah heart's blood bl heart's blood the, 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 the it means the hard work of a person the really really hard work of a person Herz blood. Blood. yeah Herz blood. it sounds like a new track of rammstein yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's another one man because i used to listen to a lot of rammstein and i have to this day no idea what they're saying strange texts yeah, I can imagine. When you listen to music where you don't know the lyrics, sometimes yeah. I think that's better. Definitely. If you like the sound of the music, because I had a feeling yeah. that Ramstein probably have kind of stupid lyrics. Uh, they are not so stupid. Um, they are really gothic. Okay, okay. Deep, but sometimes a bit too crazy. And it's not my type of music, but I have a lot of respect for them that they have so much success in the US. Mm-hmm. Anyways, dude, well, you have a lovely German evening. Is it evening now? It's evening. It's uh, six o'clock. Perfect. Cool, man. Cool. Well, it was, uh, it was good talking to you, buddy. It was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> all right, take care, dude. Okay, I wish you all the best to your family also. And yeah, I'm looking forward to hear the interview. All righty, that was Alpha Boy. Uh, we had a fun time. I hope you guys enjoyed the show and please uh, tune into the next episode. All right, guys, take care. Know what I mean? Nobody's home.